and welcome into Poke the Bear episode 153. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon. The buyout window is about to close, although I think all the buyouts have taken place. There were a couple of big ones on uh, on Friday. We were kind of all waiting for Mike Riley. He gets bought out. Blake Wheeler, Matt Duchesne, which maybe yeah. we'll touch on later in this episode. That seems like a popular name that uh, it, it was funny. The tweet that said Duchesne uh, was bought out. Every reply on Twitter was a different team being like future Penguin, future Maple Leaf, future Bruin, <laughs> future Hurricane, you know, just down the line. Uh, but before we start, any big 4th of July plans for you? Well, I'm, I'm kind of dressed up. I don't know if you can see. I got a little, little margarita polo on, so I'm Ooh. ready to rock and roll. Again, uh, we'll be over at Warrior all day on Saturday, uh, the day this drops, covering the uh, covering the start of free agency. We say the start of free agency. Mostly everything happens on Saturday. Like Everyone's cap is pretty much spent to the max by the end of, end, end of day on Saturday anyway, so we'll be busy with that. But otherwise... Just chilling. Might do a might do a cookout a little bit later on this week. We'll see kind of what happens. But it's a busy stretch of the year. It's like the NHL doesn't realize that you know everyone can all gallivant and chill down in Nashville for for a week or so. That's fun. All of all the clubs up here. We got Fourth of July. We got cookouts. Can't do it. Got this one. We got Dev Camp just a few days from now. Is the NHL anti-America putting all this stuff around the Fourth of July? The people are wondering this. The people now we're asking the tough questions up here uh in boston i am back from buffalo by the way um welcome back not a heck of a lot up there <laughs> not not a ton going on not a ton going on um nonetheless happy to be back uh so uh the big news obviously with the bruins is cap space and they've cleared some they traded taylor hall they bought out mike riley they currently have uh 13.5 million in cap space as of recording this on friday um, and the question is, do they need to clear more? Because again, there are guys that there are still RFAs. They've tendered, they've put out qualifying offers to pretty much everybody except for Samuel Asselin. And there's one other that I'm blind Kai, Kai Wisman, uh, who I think he signed back in Germany. I know he's back in Europe. Yeah. So two there, uh, they've issued qualifying offers to Frederick and Swayman. I know those are the two big ones. Um, is there a chance the Bruins need to clear more cap space, Connor? Uh, I mean, it can certainly uh, help you out in terms of being best equipped for whatever you're expecting on Saturday. It's just kind of what what moves are the two made. I, I think we all know the potential targets at this point, especially if you're not looking like a pure hockey trade, then anyone's on the table, of course, right? But in terms of just trying to dump salary, um, guys we've mentioned before, Olmark, Forward, Grizzly, those are the kind of the three that stick out. But I think what people are starting to pick up on, it's – is the market like even like uh, set enough or is it even, you know, conducive for the Browns even move guys when these teams that do have cap space are just obliterating these teams. Like it's not one thing of having just really bad leverage. They are chopping teams up and robbing them blind in terms of these things. I mean, not only you look at moving on from Taylor Hall and the fact that you get two guys in Mitchell and Regula who, Maybe there's something there, but I still think they're kind of more fringe guys. So that's not great anyway. But like people mention, like Olmark, and oh, you have to trade Olmark this offseason because his value's never been higher. That's valid. But like, does the market agree with that? Or is the market going to cater to what we expect it to be if you were to move a guy like Olmark? Because if Don Sweeney was fielding offers for him and you got a first round pick 
or you get a legit young piece back or something like that, then it, it probably makes a very tough decision for Sweeney anyway, a little bit easier to stomach. But if you're Sweeney, you're trying to move uh, the the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, a guy that if you keep him with Swayman, is going to be kind of the, the cornerstone of how you're going to be competitive or at least be in the mix next year. You're not moving him for a fourth round pick or anything like that, right? Like, you imagine? <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, like you have to look at just how this market is like looking even at the Islanders, right? Like Josh Bailey's 33, but still a very productive winger. I think they traded him and a second round pick just for future considerations, just for Chicago to then to buy him out. Like, again, you look at just the way the market is now, even like Grizzly. Grizzly is still a guy that if you're trading him, what would you say his value is in terms of if it was just like a straight cap dump? Still a third, right? Yeah. Maybe. He's like, a val- he's that's still, a top four still, defenseman in the NHL. Yes, he's still a very valuable player as much as I think some people like the, the verdict is out in terms of for a few people. He still should net you a very solid return, especially with just a straight cap dump. What is it right now the way this market is? Is Chicago asking of getting a fifth back or something, right? Like, I just think you look at uh, Sweeney and the moves he's made. I think he's one to, to shed more cap space because – I think we know the route in terms of how this team stays competitive. It's ideally you're signing Bertuzzi. You hope one of Bergeron and Krejci come back and you're still in a pretty good spot to at least be in the mix. But the way the cap is now and what you'd have to do to shave off more cap space based on just pure cap dumb trades doesn't look all that good for the Bruins right now in terms of just having that leeway to do so. Like I, I think Don Sweeney would love to move a player or two, but not if the return is a fourth or a fifth round pick. Especially if it's going to crush you competitively next year, right? Like you, you actually need some left shot defenders. Like you, if you trade out Grizzlick or trade out Forbert, Riley's gone now. So you really just have Lindholm and you have Zaboral and that's it. Like, so again, you want to be competitive next year. And it goes back to like, I think we've both said a lot during this off season. If you have the right deal for Olmark, makes sense. Like trade them high. Like you have Swaim in there waiting in the wings um, but as you said, the market clearly stinks. How about Chicago, though? I mean, what a time to to rebuild. I mean, this really is like the peak time yeah. to rebuild if you're them. You get the number one pick in Bedard. You have another first-round pick. Um, I think it was like 19. They got Oliver Moore. Um, yeah. You know, you fleece all of these teams uh, to get, you know, to buy out Bailey and just basically pick up a second-round pick. And and you get, you know, Taylor Hall, who can help out. And Nick Felino, same thing. $4 million, though, for Nick Felino. By the way, good for Nick Felino. Hell yeah, dude. Go get that. Go get yeah. that bag. I mean, yes. like, in, you know, enjoy that. Um, good for him. Um, but it hits the bigger thing. If we'll get, we can tie Bertuzzi into this, you know, can the Bruins resign Tyler Bertuzzi? Every report so far has signaled to no. Everything said, mm-hmm. uh, come out of, that's come out of the Bruins camp has been no. Um, I, I'm curious though, if you trade Taylor Hall for nothing, you dump the 6 million off, you don't retain any of it. Is there a bigger play here? Is 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 it like a Shifley? Is there something that they're working on? Now, again, I don't know how you're getting him in a trade um, that doesn't include an Olmark or that, you know, maybe it's centered around like Lysel. But there's got to be a bigger plan here, right? Like, I, right? <laughs> right? I mean, um, maybe not. Maybe not. And it's just they want they just want to have space. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so tough to get, like, a full read on just the way this offseason is going to play out. Even last year when it's like, all right, Bergeron and Krejci coming back, we kind of knew by the end of June, right, of, like, what was going to happen. It just took a little while to get money right and all those things. 
And like for the Bruins and Bruins fans, they've had the luxury of every year, more or less ex- knowing what to expect, right? In terms of when you have guys like Bergeron and Krejci, and Martian and Rask and Nett and Chara, these guys, you kind of knew. It's like every offseason was following like the same kind of similar script. Every Bruins offseason was like a new Fast and Furious movie. Maybe there's like a few twists and turns here or there, but you know what, what shit's going to be in there. There's going to be a lot of cars. And yeah. Vin Diesel's going to talk about family. You kind of know what the the, the points are going to be there. Now they're in kind of a Tarantino nonlinear structure where everything is kind of disjointed. You're waiting for you have the shooter drop, and when it does, you know, shit can go haywire. That's kind of what the Bruins are in right now, where it's like, all right, are are they just trying to free up cap space to get Bertuzzi because they know one of Bergeron or Bergeron and Krejci are back? Which again, I think if you sign if you sign uh, Swayman. As we all expect, you retain Bertuzzi, and you know Bergeron's coming back. You've got you got a, a plan in place, right? Like, and you're you're looking pretty good. All things said, you inject younger players into the lineup around a guy like Coyle, you're good to go. And all of a sudden, next year you have a bunch of cap room, and you can retool more aggressively. But as you said, are they just freeing up cap space just to be financially flexible? Are they saving up because they know Bergeron and Krejci aren't coming back, and they are targeting a center? Like, are they trying to trade for a guy like Elias Lindholm or? Someone like that. There's no like set in stone answer. Like if you ask me still, I'll I'll say it until we get the notification from the Bruins. They send out a graphic of like, what a career, what a legend. Like congrats, Bergie, on your retirement. Until we get that notification, like I'm still going with the assumption I think he's back. Even with like what kind of Cam Neely said, I still think he's the guy that um, is back in the spot and you kind of need him. You need just the guy to bail you out in terms of being a top six center that kind of sets everything else into place. But it's tough to get like just a full read on terms of what the the grand scheme is this year. It's like, you can see next year uh, with the money they have or how they can really kind of switch things up. But right now it's like, what do they know? It's like, what, what what's Don Sweeney cooking? And it's like, we don't really have that set plan when you look at just how many question marks there are and how much limited leeway you have to really kind of shift around this roster. Yeah, I, I, it, there's a lot of, it's like a pick your own adventure type thing. There's yeah. so many different ways you can, uh, you can do this. The Bergeron thing's interesting. I, I, you know, at the start of the off season, I was sort of like, you know, Hey, if they need to move on and start a new era here, go for it. But mm-hmm. as the off season has gone on longer, <laughs> it's like, like wait. Eh, oh, actually no. you, you might need Patrice Bergeron next year. And by might, I mean, you do, you really need him. And there was an interesting tweet from Zdenek, uh, John, uh, uh, about David Krejci. David Krejci is still undecided about the future. He's attracted by uh, the WC in Prague. So because of that, he did not rule out that he is also considering uh, an extra league. But according to his own words, he will not start the season right away, but maybe sometime around Christmas. So Krejci's just doing his own thing here. Uh, there's also the sure. option that it ends completely, which like, I get you've earned it at that point in your career. You can do what you want. Um, again, we haven't really been banking on Krejci being back. I, I don't think we've once yeah. been like, oh, he's got to be back. Um so again, I go back to this, and you mentioned it. If you can re-sign Bertuzzi, suddenly your top six is DeBrusque, Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, Bertuzzi, Zaka Pastrnak, and you're okay on D. You know, you're not as good as you were at the end of last year. Your uh, your your bottom six, uh, you know, Frederick Coyle, maybe Lysel, and then your mm-hmm. fourth line is kind of a mix of younger players. You see what works. You have a whole season to figure it out. That team's competitive. You know, are they winning a president's trophy? Hopefully not. Hopefully they don't win the president's trophy, but they're competitive and they're in it. 
And I think that's what people want. I don't think people have these expectations next year of this juggernaut team. Um, now, does Patrice Bergeron want to come back to that? Does Patrice Bergeron want to come back to a team that might fight for a wild card spot? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the toughest thing, right? And it's, I think I say this going off of a lot of assumptions. I think when you look at just kind of trying to read the tea leaves in terms of why he'd want to come back and you can look at that, but he's still a very good player. You look at, you know, the, the small things we mentioned, like the, the centennial season being the captain for that. Marshan's thousandth games coming up, all those things. I also think for a Bergeron, it's some guy. It's a guy who's obviously been here his whole career, but in terms of leaving the franchise off in a good spot, it's not to say that he needs to leave as like they've got this next wave of talent. It's not like if Jamie Ben retired or someone. You look at just how many young players the Stars have. Where it's like, all right, hand the keys off. It will never be that in terms of when Bergeron does decide to retire. But you look at just how much of a bind this team is in. Where if he leaves, it's Right now, barring a hockey trade, we are giving up more assets. It's Coyle and Zaka with, like, if Patrizzi's not back, Georgie Merkulov in the top six, right? Like We discussed no this first, last night with, over text. With, I mean, it, it's like with no crazy. first round With no first-round picks, right, where you can't really afford to just be like, ah, oh, we're taking a step back. You can't do that. And this is also, with Bertuzzi not re-signed. Yes, yes. So, like, if you're Bergeron and that's the case – like, it's one thing where you don't want to, like, you know, it's your career. You got other more important things than just the game of hockey to worry about, obviously. But I think for him, who's so cognizant of putting this franchise in a good spot. If you come back for another year, you help them kind of navigate through this cap crunch, and then you retire next year where we'll see what happens. You're still going to be, I think, a pretty competitive team if you have a guy like him back. You have opportunity for younger guys like – Merkulov or Lysel or Lauko or McLaughlin or all these guys to maybe have a chance to prove themselves. They could be viable NHLs by next year. And you've got 35 million in cap space, not even factoring in the cap increase uh, in the ceiling there. Like if you retire next year, if you're Bergeron after the centennial season, you're in a pretty good spot, right? Like you're leaving at least on a better note that, all right, they can go and sign a guy like Elias Lindholm uh, or someone else like that. And you can kind of forge that next chapter. Do it this year. Again, it's not to like be like, Bergeron, you, you can't do it because this guy's given everything to this team. But in terms of just where this team is at, they desperately need him back. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets for up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting on everything, from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to crush the first home run of the game. And frankly, that's the best part of FanDuel. You can bet on anything. You want to wager on the odds of how many dingers Rafael Devers will hit this year? Be my guest. Maybe the Bruins over-under for wins next season. Go for it. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus and present in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. 
Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-247 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com, call 1-800-GAM-1234. You know, again, I go back to the Bertuzzi stuff. Like, if you can get him re-signed, um, and again, I guess if Bergeron doesn't come back, I, I, you need you still need Bertuzzi if you want to compete at all. If you don't want to compete, if you are in the and you, if you say to your McAvoy's and your and your Lindholm's and your uh, Pasternak's and say, "Look, we're not going to be that great for the next two years, but hang on, we're going to be good after that." Then maybe you don't want Bertuzzi, right? Maybe that's a contract that you don't want um, on the books, but. My guess is they still want to compete. They still want to compete. They're still going to compete. This team isn't going to stink. Um, and I think even, you know, if if it did, if they did come back with Coyle and Zaka, I still think they're somewhat competitive. I don't think they are. I think they squeak into the playoffs, if that. It puts a more of an emphasis, though, on you need Omar and Swayman in net. You have to just freaking use both of them um, in the playoffs. Um, but... Uh, anyway, the Bertuzzi thing is interesting. Again, we'll kind of get more clarity of that on Saturday. We're recording this Friday. So what are you going to do? We're recording this now. What are you going to do? Um, one thing that is certain to happen on Saturday or seems pretty damn certain. The fans, the enfor- the, the pro enforcer fans are getting what they want. Milan Lucic is, according to reports and uh, stuff, probably going to be back in Boston. Um, most likely on a very veteran minimum deal under a million, hopefully, um, most likely one year, um, I would guess, um, obviously Lucic wants to be back, but do the Bruins want him back? Is this, is this a move they want to make? Cause I'll be honest, Connor, there's a part of the, the, the sixth grade Evan who watched the Milan Lucic and the Bruins win the cup in 2011 would love to have him back. The ovations, the videos, when he does score some goals, when he does lay some hits, he catches up to guys, when he does get in some fights, that'll be cool. But uh, I don't know if the defensive side of it is great, but also more importantly, I have come to the point where I do want this next year to be the bottom six where the kids, you figure out who can play. Merkulov, mm-hmm. Lysel, Beecher, uh, Lauko, McLaughlin, see what you got. And you already have AJ Greer. And I don't know if I love the idea of Lucic potentially taking away playing time from a younger player. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think you look at the the state of this team now. If you're the Bruins, I think if you're trying to formulate a good fourth line, it's like you have like at least two very strong veterans there and a younger player that you can ease in there. Like if the Bruins had a bunch of cap space, you know what they'd probably love is like either sign Nosek or a guy similar to him that's a little bit younger keep Hathaway and then have like a, a, a guy like Lauco there and you're good to go. Right. That's like, if you had cap space, you don't have that luxury now. Like you've got to fill right now. What is it? Seven forward spots with 13 million in cap space. Ooh, you're, you don't have the luxury to, you know, pick and choose in terms of like those, maybe those fourth line guys worth two, 2.25. Right. Like even Hathaway's in that group. Right. Like, and again, I think if you give them a full season, Hathaway probably gives you 10, 12, 13, 14 goals and gives you a bunch of hits and like gives you, you know, what you need out of that fourth line spot. But the Bruins aren't in that luxury. They need to right now find guys who want to be here, want to be here for cheap. And that's what kind of what matters, just being back here and in that spot. And if Lucic signs for 
750, nine, 900 million or something like that. And you're able to just cover up one of those roster spots with a guy that even if he's not the top six guy he used to be, is still physical, stays healthy. Like you at least, if you're replacing him with like, uh, or Felino with a guy like Lucic, who's uh, significantly cheaper, kind of what you have to do. And I, I think that you can't just roll out, I think, uh, a fourth line of, let's say it's Lauko, McLaughlin, Beecher, and, um, you know, someone, you know, someone else on that, on the right side, right? Like Lauko, McLaughlin, and Beecher as a, a three-man unit. It's great in principle, but those guys are going to get rocked, oh, you know, in the fourth, in the fourth yeah. line together. Like, so if you, if you tell me the fourth line this upcoming year is going to be Lucic, Beecher, and then uh, McLaughlin, Lauko, whoever you want to formulate it, you have a guy that will hold other teams accountable if they take liberties with the younger players. I get it. I, I think that's the biggest no, thing. No, I get I, it as I, well. I, I get that. And, 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 and yeah, it, it's just something where is an ideal situation. Is he the same guy you want to have? Is he the guy that's going to put you over the top? I don't know about that. Like, he still is going to bring you some things that you do value, even though the speed is a little concerning when you look at just how quickly, like, Vegas's bottom six is. Um, but, again, that's kind of the hand you're dealt in terms of you need to find guys. Like, if you're spending a phrase, you're finding guys who've been here before who want to come back or reclamation projects, you got to find guys willing to sign for a year, two years at one, one and a half. That's easier than done. The Moneyball Bruins. The Moneyball Bruins. Um, The other thing is the forecheck aspect. I mean, he does provide something there if you really want to go for it, you know, is... Uh, if you if you if you want to go there, I agree. You can't roll out a fourth line of just kids. You can't do it. Um, but still, there's a part of me that's like, ah, I, if he's taking a spot and not pulling his weight, yeah. it's just gonna be like, oh. Um, the it, other thing it, is, reunions don't always work. And I'm not no. saying that he won't like it here. He will love it, and and fans will typically love him. But you know, watching him not play or not play well, and it's like, oh, that's you know, eh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it, impression. It'll be interesting to see just how he fits in there. Cause again, it's the, the copycat part of the league too, where I think everyone looks at the speed and I think that is where the league is going. But then like Tampa has been that kind of outlier that's, you know, kind of been set in their ways of everyone's like, you don't need to invest in a goaltending. Look at like Aiden Hill, these guys, Tampa has like Vasilevsky, like they've got their guy in place that's led them. You look at like how quick, um, you know, Vegas's four check was, or you look at like how quick, like the bottom six of Carolina's is, uh, Tampa's bottom six, bunch of big old beefy boys. What a crop! What this a what, crop! That is what Tampa's bottom six has been for years. Guys like Perry, little buff, Maroon. big buff boys. Yeah, like boys. guys like Pat Maroon and, and Corey Perry and those players. Like, there's value in that as well. Not to say that like Lucci is going to just be like a wrecking crew, what have you. And the foot speed is something to be um, monitored there, but he still couldn't bring, I think, some value, especially if he if he gets you ten goals. A bunch of fights, a lot of hits, and wears teams down for nine hundred thousand. You take that, especially this year with the way the cap is. You take it. Uh, he might earn himself some uh, some sort of rev sharing or something from all the jerseys that are going to get sold of the Lucic seventeen. Oh my! I, God. I saw the uh, I, someone tweeted out it was like the screen grab from Breaking Bad when Walt has all of his money in that gigantic <laughs> like pile in the storage unit, and it was like. North End sandwich shops. Now that Lee Cheech is back in town, that man's gonna just go to like <laughs> go to Monica's Mercado again. Like he's gonna just make the rounds, man. He's, he's gonna be happy to be back. 
He good for him. Honest to God, good for, like, good, for good for Luigi. Yes. Yeah, honestly, a good dude, and uh, I'm excited to see you know when he if he when he comes back, uh, what he's like with media and stuff. And uh, this is home. I mean, he loved it here, and he never wanted to leave. He didn't want to be dealt, and he's back. And the other thing is, I saw. I think he did a story. I think it was with Pierre LeBrun. Um, I could be mixing up my insiders, but I think it was Pierre LeBrun. And Lucic was saying how, you know, it'll, it'll, it feels better now that that huge contract is off of him because yeah. the pressures of that were just a lot. And now he'll play veteran minimum, play some fourth line minutes for the Bruins, and he'll be back where he wants to be. And you know what? Good for him. Like, I, good for him. Um, in terms of a fit, probably fits. Um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, free agency in general. Um, ha- you know, over the years, I think it was that Lucic... 2016 free agency that was one of the first where people were like wait maybe we shouldn't build our team through uh free agency that might not be the best idea in the world um free agency this year uh in terms of the Bruins needs you know coming in I would say you know maybe if you end up deciding to deal a Grizzly or a Forbert a depth left shot defenseman never hurts anybody you can always use depth back there you do have some depth on the right side so maybe the left is where you want to look at um now that Duchesne's out there, though, I'm curious. It's one of those things. Again, if Bergeron comes back and you're fine, you don't need Duchesne. And I think Duchesne's gonna have a lot of suitors in general. Um, but an interesting one. I don't, but I don't think you need him. I, if Bergeron does come back and you have Bergeron and Zaka, I mean, Duchesne, you don't really need. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting just how this this free agency market, you know, pans out because. It's almost like if you're the Bruins and you kind of wait things out and wait for some of these big ticket guys to go. Again, I think they want to sign Bertuzzi, but I got like a sinking feeling where I think we're going to see him sign a 60-year, $42 million contract somewhere and be like, I don't know about that, right? Like I think he's going to get a contract like that out on the open market. So, um, But if you're the Bruins and you wait things out, you kind of look at all these guys that aren't being retained uh, or aren't getting qualified offers. There's a lot of like interesting guys that I think in a normal year, if like the NHL decided to like raise their salary cap for once and paid off their escrow, there'd be guys that I think are making two and a half, three and a half million that are, what are they making this year? Like a million, million and a half. Cause it's not like the Bruins are the only team that's, you know, uh, doesn't have a lot of fiscal flexibility. There's a lot. I think the Bruins, or I want to say it was something they were like 14th in terms of available cap space. Like they are not worse off. There's a lot of other teams who are really, really stuck. I think the right Oilers now. are in a bad spot, aren't they? Yeah. There, there are a lot of teams that do not have the, the leeway to do that. Unless like the Blackhawks are signing everyone or some of these other players. Um, even teams that just a few weeks ago had a lot are committing to like the devils had a bunch, but they're committing a lot to get guys like Timo Meyer. We'll see what happens if they, for a guy like Hellebuck, right? That's a guy that's been linked to and what his new contract's going to be like. Oh, for some reason on Twitter, the For You page, I look, I saw one Devils tweet and I've seen a ton and it's just people like in awe over the, like everyone's under 9 million. They're going to win a cup next year. It's like, oh, why, why is that my For You page? You know, like, okay, great. Yeah. But, like I literally just like right now, Morgan Geeky and Daniel Sprung also didn't get qualifying offers. There's like a lot of like solid middle six guys or guys that can fit into different roles on this team or on Bruins, but many teams that where's like the money going to be right like there's gonna there's like a pool of like 55 60 players i think a lot of teams would like to have but where's the money going right Max like unless Comtois that, just didn't get yeah, a qualifying offer yeah like there's a lot of players like that that uh, um if you're bruins and you wait things out 
you know, is a guy like Miles Wood going to be billed for like a million, a million and a half, right? Like those are the kind of the situations where you wait things out. Now, again, it's going to depend on what other moves the Ruins make. Like if you, again, find Duchesne and that's 5 million or something. All right. If you sign Blake Wheeler, even if Blake Wheeler is going to take a step down and it's 3 million, right? If you wait things out, are you going to get like a few really solid players that would be making three, three and a half for one? Like that could be the case. So it's really interesting to see the Bruins don't seem to be in a really advantageous spot right now, but I'm curious if you wait things out, even like just later on on Saturday, you're even dragging into the off season. Once you get past that first feeding frenzy and a lot of teams have already spent to the cap on those five, six, seven, eight big name guys out there. There could be a lot of value to be had if you're the Bruins and you wait things out a little bit. So be interested to see if that kind of dynamic flips in the favor of Boston as it goes forward. Because again, you sign a few of these guys. Miles Wood's a guy that again comes off an injury, but um, could bring value. Like Connor Brown, really good middle six guy. Like what's he going to be signing for, right? Like uh, there's so many of the other players out there who could fit in. Oliver Ekman Larson's guy we talked about that. If you're the Bruins, you got to get creative and you got to find ways to add value. And as much people want it to be just a full-on youth movement, it's asking a lot of some of these guys, right? I don't think you're asking for Lysel to make that huge jump right now. You'd love it to happen, but it's asking a lot out of a guy, right? So um, very curious, but I think those are the guys you have to look at. Wood, um, Ekman Larson, Lucic, obviously, Brown. You got to find these value adds. It's kind of pretty much you're doing money ball. But again, that's kind of the route you have to do. You are. And again, if Bergeron's returning, I said this earlier, you have to still compete. Like, I don't think he's coming back to be a youth movement. I think he's, if he comes back, he's coming back to be a part of a team that's competitive. And a perfect way to get competitive is, you know, that third line, Frederick Coyle, add a right side guy like a Connor Brown, or you find, as you said, a value middle six, bottom six forward. Um and suddenly you have something there, right? You're you're a little bit deeper and you make up for the loss of, you know, a Craig Smith last year or a Garnet Hathaway. Uh, I was reading The Athletic. Ludo seemed pretty, not sure, but he kept mentioning Hathaway playing with Lucic and like Beecher down the middle. And I'm no. thinking like, oh, does he know something about Hathaway? Like, is there a chance that Hathaway returns? I don't know. I mean, again, Hathaway's a local guy. Maybe he's, you know, he's so into New England Hockey Journal. He can't, you know, he can't leave the area. So it's like, you know. Who isn't? Um, but I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what happens with free agency by the time you listeners listen. Maybe uh, there'll be already stuff. Uh, you know, Bruins will already have done some things. Um, but, you know, in that case, they're going to have to read some coverage of it. So, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to have you covered throughout this offseason. Again, we are now in the thick of it. Finally, Evan. We actually I know, have I like almost this. too much to talk about, but it's great, right? So we're going to have Plenty to dissect uh, in terms of free agency again. feels like a lot of moves are going to happen tomorrow, but I think if the market kind of plays out how we said, could be signings all throughout next week during dev camp and moving forward in, in terms of that. So we'll have you covered every step of the way through free agency, trades, dev camp, all that stuff over at boston.com. So please read over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to go subscribe. To New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear, listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.